0: I'm here.
1: There's something I'll say. There's something kind of yeah, about a kid that's never played baseball.
2: <laughs> we have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, and flat out deceived. Why
3: did you get so drunk?
2: You got drunk. <laughs> I'm just really exhausted. What's in that cup? I'm a coax Do you have any idea how important you are? Really,
1: this, you is, what have any any this idea. is what you're doing.
0: What well, you do you want to do tonight?
1: The same thing we do every night. Try to take over the world. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses.
0: Hit it. I'm Uh, YouTube Live. Radio Station. The radio station you can call your own. You like our station? I like
2: everything. It's always on my radio. We never stop the music, except for now, when I talk. You're listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. We're here live, weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. WQEE 99.1 FM, the Key, and simulcasting on YouTube.com. Forward slash at Braves Country. Your first choice for Southern Sports. Good afternoon. I'm Mac McGee, and I don't know much, but I know one thing. Alabama should not be letting Brandon Miller play basketball at this moment. Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. Hey! Howdy, hi, and how the hell are you? Welcome to Braves Country, Braves Country HD, wherever you may stream. As we have got ourselves a busy, busy show today. Steven and Doug are on the way. They'll be here momentarily. We're going to be talking some Major League Baseball. We're going to be getting into... We're going to rank the catchers for... Major League Baseball in 2023. We're also going to give you surprises, a surprise team in each of the American League and the National League for each of us. Joey's going to do the same at the top of the hour. Joey and I are going to get in some XFL talk, see if we can get interested in week number two. And, of course, the big college basketball night once again tonight as college basketball is really starting to heat up. And you've got some games tonight of interest. And, of course, if you haven't paid attention to this yet, and I know all this sneaks up on you cuz it almost like floods you right after the Super Bowl. But next week, next week officially starts March Madness because next week you're going to get the smaller conferences starting all of their conference tournaments. In fact, I saw that that some were starting as early as next is this coming Monday, excuse me. And then a lot of them will be starting later in the week. And of course the traditional ones that start around Saturday and they wind into Tuesday, Wednesday, getting their championship done. And then that is going to lead to the big boys, the power fives and all the others with their conference tournaments in just under two weeks. We'll, we'll be having all that. So a lot to get into. And this thing with Brandon Miller and Alabama is, Look, no I'm I'm with the with the school of innocent till proven guilty, and I do not believe that he should be thrown off the team or anything, but right now Brandon Miller should not be playing basketball for Alabama. He's got bigger fish to fry. Much bigger fish to fry. And if they don't get something straightened out with this, it's gonna be an embarrassment for the program. It's already an embarrassment. Last night, and this is after Brandon Miller was implicated in the shooting of his now now ex teammate if you listen to the the sports flash gave the details but the the short of it is what he's being accused of is that he took the handgun to the ex teammate and then the ex teammate was involved some way shape or form in the murder of the young lady now he may not be involved in this one iota but he's being implicated in it by the, by everyone involved. And so when you think about that with the big picture, they've got to sit him down, but instead Alabama doubled down shortly before the game and said, Hey, he's, he's still a part of the team, et cetera, et cetera. I know Alabama is excited to be relevant in national championship type basketball for the first time that I can ever remember Alabama being talked about being a one seed. I've been watching college basketball almost 40 years. I'd never remember Alabama being relevant. I always thought it was odd because they're so dominant in, in all the other sports. Why don't they pour the money into to basketball? Well, the NIL showed up and here we are. Not only does Brandon Miller play last night, he scores 41 points and scores the game-winning goal. Basket. That's a bad look. And the whole time the game was going on, I watched quite a bit of this game. The The fans were, were, were chanting, lock him up. It's not <laughs> something you want to put that kid through. Whatever his involvement is. Sit him down, Alabama. Do the right thing. And when you get all the information together, and maybe you can expedite it quickly, but the way the justice system works, probably not. But he's a freshman, you're putting him uh, putting a lot on his shoulders and you've got March Madness coming up for the Power Fives in just under two weeks. Is that the message you want to send to the rest of the student body? That it's okay to be involved in whatever he did, whatever he's involved in. He had some sort of involvement because it, your, your name does, doesn't normally just show up In the, in the print like it did. And I want to be careful and not just assume his guilt, but regardless, he needs to sit down. It's one player on a basketball team. Alabama, at some point, you got to understand winning a basketball game is not more important than what's going on. And you got to think of the victim's families and all and all of that. And they're watching this kid run up and down the court. And whether he's innocent or guilty, what's going through their minds, you see it all the time. Guys that get involved in this kind of stuff in the world of sports, they have to sit down. They have to step out for a second. Especially something as as horrendous as a possible murder, implication of murder, any kind of an accessory. What they're claiming is that he took the gun to to basically the the assailant in the, in the rest is history. Now, he'll have his day in court, but the point is, sit him down. All right, other things going on in college basketball. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you some funny stuff that that goes on when you're getting ready for this show. And if everyone remembers basketball jockey, came on the show a few weeks ago, and he had quite a bit of fame because he was on a heater. And he was on the Boomer and Geo show and they, they, they gave him a lot of fame. They raised a lot of money for him, et cetera, et cetera. He can't buy a win now. And today after having a horrendous last few days, he decided to, and I stayed away from it, but now now I can't help but watch the games. Cause I'm like, how bad is this one going to be? He told everyone to take North Dakota at minus four. They were minus four at tip. I, th- I think he was telling them minus three and a half. Doesn't matter. They lost 81 to 70 at home. So they lost by 11. So he loses the point spread, no matter how you look at it, by the 14 and a half or 15 points on the swing. That's an absolute abomination. The other thing is, if you look at the game that he picked, so Western Illinois by the way, improved to 16 and 12 on the t- on the year, North Dakota's 11 and 19. Now he was asked, why did you take this game? I never saw a response, but what he said was, I'm taking North Dakota because they've won. Was it f- one, two, three? Yeah. Four of their last five. But even still, they're 11 and 19, 11 and 18 before tip. And he was taking Western Illinois, who at that point was still three games above above 500. They had lost three in a row. And someone chimes back in and says, well, is that the only factor? And he never answered back. And I'm like, my word, people are just pouring their money onto this. this. Because this guy got hot one week. And someone did chime in and again today made me laugh. They said, remember that time that you made the comment about folks being 58% and now you can't even get to 50%. And he's referring to when, when he was on the show here, I talked about 58% win percentage is looked upon as elite, and it is over a career. It's looked upon as elite. You ask any of your ha- handicappers out in Vegas, 58% is phenomenal over the long haul. We're not talking about a weekend over the long haul. 53% you're going to make your money back. 53% you're usually going to have somewhere around head above water. We've been above 60% for eight years in a row, which is, you know, I, I hate even talking about because I feel like we're going to jinx it. But since they've been paying attention to his numbers, he has been well below 50%. All right, we're going to take a quick break. we come back, Doug and Steven join us. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country and Braves Country HD, wherever you may stream. Keep it locked in here on The Key. Are you an
0: adult? Yeah. And you went out last night? Yeah. Introducing a hangover. What's that? Surprise, idiot. You went out and actually had fun last night, but your body is here to remind you that's not allowed. With a hangover, you can. Have a light breakfast to soothe your tummy. See if drinking more will help. And finally, start your day at 6 p.m. I went out last night for casual drinks with a friend, and now I can't even
2: form a coherent thought. Try it today. Hey sports fans, weekdays 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern, drive time on WQEE. Braves Country is a southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Your true friends are the people in your life that totally
1: get your inside jokes, your unique style, most important, what you want to eat. Taco Bell knows that when you get together with your real friends, it doesn't matter what you're doing, but, hey, it might as well be something that everybody can get into, like the Taco and Burrito Cravings Pack with four crunchy tacos and four beefy five-layer burritos. So even if you're all sitting around doing absolutely nothing, you know you'll still have a good time. It's Taco Bell's Taco and Burrito Cravings Pack. Get it for the friends that get it.
2: Dixie Handle Company, five generations of the Strickland family, have produced quality hardwood farm and garden tools, wooden shutters, and custom furniture. This small business has been owned and operated since 1992 and ships to customers across the world. If you're looking for the highest quality tool handles, Dixie Handle Company is your place. Every item is hand-picked to your specifications. If it's made of wood, they do it. Call now 931 722 3395. That's 931 722 3395. Or go online to DixieHandle.com. The Dixie Handle Company. Welcome to Craftsmanship, a proud sponsor of Braves Country Baseball. Welcome back to Braves Country. Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m., drive time on WQEE. So anyway,
3: Harkin sat me down. He said, champ, you're a dangerous alcoholic, a racist, and I don't think you know a lick about sports. And I said, Ed, you dirty Pollock! it's 10 in the morning. Let's go have some drinks. Then he fires me.
2: It must be 315 on Thursday because we see Red Raider, Doug, and Steven should be on the way. I always got to make sure Steven's not getting sidetracked by something. He gets caught up in work and then it's a wrap. Doug, how the hell are you, sir? Doug, I got you. Doing good. Doing good. Here we go. Well... Week one of the XFL's in the books. What's your thoughts? Uh, Mine exactly. That's my thought. <laughs> I could care less, man. I, I'm i going to try to get Joey to convince me to watch it tonight, but I just it, – it fell flat for me. What about you?
3: Yeah, it was – there was about five other places I could have been. <laughs> That's
2: the best I can tell you. Yeah. that. I, which which of any games did you watch? Because there were two doubleheaders last weekend. Um, I, I caught the at- Saturday night game. I, after I watched the Saturday night game, I utterly just lost all interest.
3: I fell asleep watching the Saturday night game <laughs> pretty much.
2: I tried to watch that one because because it had the Florida team had Orlando in, right? Yeah. Ugh, Paxton Lynch was brutal. Evidently, he got benched towards the end of the game. Um, I didn't watch long enough. I, I had it on the TV. You know how I do with three or four devices going?
4: Mm-hmm. But I
2: wasn't watching by the time that they finally pulled him. As, as we wait for Stephen to join us. Stephen's in the room. We just haven't seen him appear yet. And so we'll wait for him to come in and mute us.
4: Oh here, here we go. Stephen, how the hell are you? Man, great. Another Thursday. Sad that football's gone, but NASCAR is here. One of You're the best times
2: of the year. Why are you in the car this time?
4: Uh, I had a couple. I had something to take care of. A little time sensitive, but I'm are home you- now.
2: Are you turning left a lot like they did on Sunday? (laughs) Yeah, I was for a bit. Let's get that (laughs) out of the way first because I sat down to watch the, the Daytona 500 like I normally do, and I made sure the last half hour, 45 minutes of the race, I was right there. And that ending was absolutely brutal, and they've got to fix that, and if they don't fix it, they're never going to get the average sports fan to watch it. Because you can't have a race end on caution after several years ago you said you were changing things so it would would not end on caution, especially when it's supposed to be your Super Bowl. Now, I'll let you defend it. What say you?
4: No, I completely agree. I mean, it's asinine that they ended that race under caution. I know it's what the rules state, but, I mean, they implemented those overtime rules to prevent, like you said, a uh, race is preventing on caution. And yet, here we are again. The Daytona 500 ends on a caution. I mean I, like I'm so happy for Stenhouse, but I mean like, they, they gotta it figure it out. I was,
2: I was against who won it. it. really wasn't the point. It was the point was, you want to see that finish. Like that's what you gotta understand is it racing's about what? Racing. It's about who's fastest. And you want to see the finish. You don't want to see it. I I equated it to earlier in the week, then for like the NFL to call a game with with uh team's up by 10 points with three minutes left. They're going to win. Let's just go ahead and call it a day, right? You just can't do that. Yep. Especially not at the Daytona 500. If it was some random race that doesn't have all the eyeballs that the Daytona 500 has, you're not going to get a lot of blowback, but that was just brutal. Have you heard anything as far as back uh, this week, as far as are are they planning on taking any steps forward in, in, in fixing this? I,
4: I haven't seen anything official yet, but I mean, it's it, there is such a massive racing community in the like in the world. I mean, look at the popularity of F one. So I mean, it's the audience is there. NASCAR just needs to figure out how to capture and retain that audience.
2: Doug, did you catch any of it?
4: You
3: no, know were- I, I saw the ending just like you did, and I mean, I'm not surprised by it. And you asked the question if they're going to change it. I'm telling you right now, they're not going to change it. Especially the the guy that said. That's ahead of that, That's in charge of uh, on race competition, which is Elton Sawyer. He's not going to change it the way he was talking about it. they are not going to change a thing. That that setup and the ironic thing I was thinking about too—that Ricky Stenhouse Jr. won the race. His—it's because of his dad almost being killed uh, back in '96. It's overtime setup rules where you take the white flag after you know, the setup for the checkered flag for the end. Right, because he, he wrecked in a race at Rockingham back in 1996, and that those rules didn't and uh, uh, didn't exist then, and you had. Um Sterling Marlin and um, and Dale Jarrett racing for the win, but his car wrecked right in the middle. They would have cut him in half and killed, and the driver that he would have killed was Ricky Stenhouse Sr. at the time had they not implemented they implemented that rule because they, they came damn close to killing him. If it wasn't for the, those two splitting the um, him down the middle at Rockingham like that, and it was right after that that they, they implemented the rules that you're seeing apply now. So I thought that was kind of ironic.
2: So- but- It's not the fact that I I dislike that it goes to a caution at the end. It's the fact that then start it again. Let's get a green, white checkered again. What are we in a hurry to go for? We sit there for 500 laps, 500 miles. We can't, I mean, seriously, what are we in such a big hurry for? Like, finish the race. The race starts pretty early in the afternoon, right? Mm -hmm. We're not talking about 4 a.m. stop if we have to go two, two to three, or I guess two more laps, essentially. Just give us something because it is hard for me as a diehard sports fan, but a casual NASCAR fan to get into it on a weekly basis when I know there's a good chance this is going to happen. Because the only thing that's going to get me interested in it is what, Stephen, the gambling side of it, right? Mm-hmm. And I had a couple of guys pick to win the 500, but you know we, we all know they're long shots, just throw a few bucks on it. So that's not really why I was upset. I was upset. I was like, that's it. It was, it just, it, it, it felt like they let the air out of the balloon. And even my wife was sitting next to me. She, she doesn't watch racing at all, but she would watch that part because mainly because it was a 500. She's like, that's it. I was like, I guess <laughs> I don't know what to do with this. I don't know what to do. And the answer is not switching over to the XFL. So I was ticked off that night, man. I was like, oh, baseball hasn't even started. I ended up watching. Uh, I think that was the night that I ended up watching the Northwestern Iowa game, so I re- recoup my lo- losses. But I was like, "There's the- yeah." I'm like, "There's nothing here for Sunday night." Steven, did you watch much XFL Week One? No, I did not. You may not have heard the conversation when you were coming in, but uh, Doug and I uh, pretty much can let you know you miss nothing. <laughs>
4: yeah, I, I, I heard Doug fell asleep. Uh, Paxton Lynch was so bad he got benched. That's about all I need to know. It yeah,
2: brutal. <laughs> it was brutal, and what was funny was, I don't remember what station or what show it was. I know it was an ESPN. I feel like because you know how they're trying to get you to watch it because it's on their network, they're not going to have the same love for when the USFL is coming in and kicking the ball sideways. But mm-hmm. they were telling you, "Oh, it was really good because Crest football and everything like that." What in the hell are you talking about? I, Doug, correct me if I'm wrong, but it felt like every pass play was just a go route, or 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 it, it was a dink and dunk over the middle. That, that And I'm not just picking on Lynch. It was the entire – that they were missing it by, like, five yards. There was an interception dropped in that game that I – it took me a second to realize, oh, that was supposed to be an interception. I was thinking that was thrown to the receiver. Like, he, like there was nobody there, and, and, and the guy had to go down to his knee, and the ball kind of skipped, and he couldn't hold on to it. I was like, oh, man. That's brutal. It was third and whatever. It's third and long. And, and then I realized to like, go, wait a minute, that, that was going to be an interception. There, and I'm looking. So I rerounded. I was like, where's the receivers? I didn't see a receiver anywhere near it. And he didn't get hit on the play. The quarterback was standing upright. I was like, this is going to be absolutely atrocious.
4: So what you're saying is two 16 year olds playing Madden.
2: Yes. Well, two 78 year olds playing Madden. <laughs> You know, you know, what does the X button do? That's, I mean, that, that's what it's R- about. formation. Right. <laughs> How do you punt? It's second down. I don't care. I'm I'm lost. How do you punt? Um, I guess what I'm saying is I'll wait for the USFL year two to come out. I'll see if that's any better. They play tonight, but I'm going to be locked into college basketball. NBA comes back. But once again, I always check an injury report before I start getting gassed up. Go, ooh, we got a good matchup tonight. And then you go, no, we don't. No, we, don't. we have pretty cool logos we run up and down the court. It'll be a good matchup come April. But um, the college, the only thing I wish they would change about college basketball is ACC and SEC typically only play on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, and then you don't get them on Thursdays at all. So the. The Big Ten typically plays on Thursdays. If we're going to do that, I wish they would just play all the Big Ten games on Thursdays, just so you'd have something to pick from, right? Because yeah. there there are weeks where, as as well as the Pac twelve, but give give them, I mean, give them Thursdays and Sundays, and let the ACC and SEC do Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. Sounds and like we need some action. Yeah, I just. I want, I want to, now Fridays are brutal. Thank God baseball's coming back. Cause Fridays, you have to really have a, a gambling problem. like I do It'd be, I mean, I'll, I'll still have three games going. Cause I'm like, man, if thing just hit the over <laughs> like, Colgate versus Harvard, what are you doing? It's like, shush, shush. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Um, I want to talk about this Marlins rotation. We were supposed to talk about it last week and we had stuff to come up so we didn't get a chance to do it. But, I, man, i got to get your take from this because I'm in these underdog drafts like you are. And I saw yeah. something pop up that I found very interesting. They're talking about Cabrera, Edward Cabrera, maybe getting squeezed out of the rotation. I think he's phenomenal. What's going on in Miami? No, I mean, he is definitely phenomenal.
4: He has uh, ace potential, but he's he's still only 23, and I think they're mostly concerned about his control issues. I mean, he did struggle. He was a strikeout fiend last year, but he also struggled with walks. Uh, I I think it's a testament to that, and then just how well Braxton Garrett has been showing so far. He's uh, been one of their uh, top-tier arms in that system. He's a little bit older, a little bit more advanced, and I just think at this point they feel more confident in his ability to go in uh, every fifth day and... Be more consistent than um, Cabrera's at at this point. So, with that
2: being said, I guess I guess my big question is because you're very familiar with the underdog app. You know that there's not a news thing that pops up. All you just is the blurb. Yeah. Are they talking about putting him back down in the minors, or are they going to work him out of the bullpen? Uh, seems- triple Triple A is
4: what I'm seeing, so they can keep him stretched out as a starter. Okay.
2: I yeah I get it. He's young. I was just really impressed by him last year. Wanted, to, I was really wanting him for selfish reasons for DFS purposes, because I feel like you're going to get him low low end on a lot of days, and I kind of had him circled.
4: But I mean, hell, like, like this is what you're wanting him to start in the minors, and when he comes up, he's going to be like fifty five, six thousand dollars.
2: Yeah, but I'll tell you right now. If I start playing DFS minor league baseball, I mean you're just got to, to put me into a rehab center. No, no, no. I'm
4: saying like when he gets called up to the majors, he'll he'll be on that cheap end because he's coming from the minors.
2: Yeah, unless like unless the news cycle is he struck out 17 his last outing in like, three oh. innings. Right, exactly. Like, ah, it's over. Um. So, looking at the Marlins' rotation, give me your thoughts on it, top to bottom.
4: So I mean the top two, Sandy and Luzardo. Sandy Cy Young winner last year. I mean he's one of the top five pitchers in baseball. I really think he's going to um, benefit from like from this uh, the change in the shift even more because he's never really been a strikeout pitcher. He's been a generate he like he's a sinker uh, changeup guy, generates soft contact, get some ground balls, and I mean that's going to play perfectly into this. It's I mean like he's still going to be not. Uh, Get the weak contact. Really shouldn't affect him too much. Luzardo has got like we saw last year. He like um he's looking like he's putting it together. He had all the potential out in Oakland, but just never stay healthy. They got Johnny Cueto. I mentioned Braxton Garrett. Uh, Cueto. I mean, obviously, just a veteran the veteran arm in there. He's gonna kind of just fill that inning eater role. Um, who's the one I'm leaving out? Trevor uh, Trevor Rogers Rogers. Yeah, I mean he was fan, uh I believe that was 2021. He was Yes. He yes. was looking like Cy Young kinda kind of, kind of backed last year,
2: but he was very roller coastery last year. He had some good outings, but overall it would be considered a disappointment. Of course, you got Queto, that's probably gonna be the number four guy. Um yep. in my opinion, because I think first of all, Alcantara's gotta be a given that he's just a stud.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I believe Lazard is gonna have a good season, right? I don't have any questions about that. And I think Quato is going to be who Quato is. He's going to be a guy that's going to go out there and get you innings. He's for, for the most part, he's going to have a solid chance of getting you quality starts and just a a solid number four Braxton Garrett. I, I really do like the kid. I think the, I think the biggest question mark in the glue of this entire rotation is going to be what, do the Marlins get out of Trevor Rodgers this year? Because if he's yeah. more like 2021 and not like 2022, this yeah. team could make a run at a wild card if they can get some offense.
4: Yeah, but I mean, let's see. Marlins came around in 93, so about 30 years. We've been to the playoffs three times. We've had good pitching almost every single year of our existence, but we had – uh, Real Muto, Stanton, Yelich, and Ozuna in the same lineup, and still couldn't hit ourselves out of a wet paper bag.
2: You can have Ozuna back, uh, stat. I will make that deal. I can guarantee you that not deal. anymore, but I'm
4: back right now, <laughs> I mean, like, like the pitching is the pitching in the defense has never been the issue in Miami. I mean, my whole childhood, they've been cranking out just pitching prospect after prospect. I mean, look at who they, they've they dealt away in the past couple of years. And then they still have Cabrera and Yuri Perez in the farm system. So, I mean it's it's what, scary.
2: What is the kid's oh his name's uh Sixto Sanchez? Whatever happened to him?
4: Oh yeah, and they're still six though. I mean, he's been like apparently he's looking good this year. He's been um I know he had saw shoulder surgery in twenty twenty-one. I think he just struggled with the rehab of it for that last year. He should be back was, healthy this I, spring.
2: 2020. He 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 looked like Cy Young. I mean, he was the main piece in that
4: Real, Real Muto package,
2: right? I mean, it's, a team that yeah. granted it was expanded playoffs, but that team made the playoffs. That that was a tough, tough line. I I I, I still dumbfounds me that Sixto Sanchez isn't like like almost a household name right now. I know. I would have never thought that Sandy Alcantara would get the Cy Young before Sixto if you would have asked me you know, back in... Heck, even back in 2019, it wasn't like Sixto came out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, plus he's got such a cool name, man. Sixto San- <laughs> I don't know what that is. but uh, I, don't, I, don't even know, I don't even know where that name comes from, but Sixto... I, it would, it'd be a little cool if he was a running back, but Sixto <laughs> is, is just a great name. they, they got to get him into the majors. This... This Marlins bullpen, I think it's solid. I know it's not a lot of household names, but that trade they made for AJ Puck, I think that's sneaky good if they can get oh, the yeah. control issues under with him. And Matt Barnes, I don't think he's going to be the closer by any stretch of the imagination, but he's a guy that's got some experience, and even if he's lost a little bit, I I think he helps out that bullpen big time.
4: No, I mean, 100%. And then, like, they still have uh, Dylan Floro. I think he's the reigning uh, – he's coming in as the closer. Yeah. Um. I mean, like, they've got talent. And, they like, it's just going to be a matter of how it all comes together. Like, can they get the control issues for Puck? Is Barnes going to be any good? Or is he going to be what he was in, um, in Boston was, blowing saves left and right? And
2: I really do believe that this offense is a little better. And really what they need is they need guys to have their seasons – Meaning they don't have to have the best season of their career, but they got to be better than what they were last year, like Jorge Soler. Oh, yeah.
4: You know,
2: they've got name I mean, they've got guys that can hit in this lineup Cooper, uh, Reyes, John Zagora. I know his defense has never been elite, but John Zagora puts back to ball and puts the ball in play. And now that we no longer have the, the shift, I, I think that could be huge. Doug, uh, want to make sure that we get your take on this uh, starting rotation. Where where would you rank it in the National League?
3: I, I Honestly, I would rank it at, at least in the top five. I, I give it a lot of credit. And the reason I'm saying that, too, is you were talking about Trevor Rogers earlier. A lot of his problems were last year because he had a back injury. Just, it was discovered he had a back injury. So – I would I would call last year almost I would almost give him a mulligan for last year and I expect him to play a lot more like he played in 2021 and if he does that, which I expect him to I I put this rotation, you know, arguably in the top five in the
2: National League. I've actually grabbed him in a couple of the uh, best balls. It makes you a little nervous when you're grabbing a guy who's who's had some injury issues because you can't make. You can't make any moves, so you're you're it's ride or die with these guys. But if he if he gets back to that I'll tell you what I I'm, I'm with you, Doug. I think I've got to put put them top five in the National League. Um, God, I mean, you could almost make an argument top three.
4: You yeah, could. National League.
2: I it's
4: I think it's almost pretty easy to make that case.
2: Yeah, I just you there's, know, there's a lot Mets, of weak teams in the NL. Braves and Mets are up there. They're always going to – I I think it's overrated this year, but someone's always going to make a make a case for the Dodgers. Um, the Dodgers have a lot of question marks because mm-hmm. not only are, do they not have Bueller, but they're going to need some guys to come back off some big injuries like like Dustin May. And who's to say Dustin May isn't going to have a 6 Sixto Sanchez type of situation, right, where you're like, what the hell happened to him? I don't know. We're, um. Put a cap on this real quick. Steven, you know what? I'll save that question for when we come back from the break because it's going to lead into our National League surprises because I want to know your take on, on their Pocota number. We'll be back in a flash. I'll I'll put the uh, Marlins Pocota win rating up on the screen during the break. We'll be back in a flash. Keep it locked in here on the key. Armchair Quarterback Radio, your home for the SEC. Back third down on the eight. In trouble. Got a block behind him and going to throw and a run, complete to the 25, to the 30, Lindsay Scott, 35, 41, Lindsay, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, Lindsay Scott, Lindsay Scott, Lindsay Scott. SBC! I'm here. Dixie Handle Company, five generations of the Strickland family, have produced quality hardwood farm and garden tools, wooden shutters, and custom furniture. This small business has been owned and operated since 1992 and ships to customers across the world. If you're looking for the highest quality tool handles, Dixie Handle Company is your place. Every item is hand-picked to your specifications. If it's made of wood, they do it. Call now, 931-722-3395. That's 931-722-3395. Or go online to DixieHandle.com. The Dixie Handle Company Welcome to Craftsmanship, a proud sponsor of Braves Country Baseball.
0: Coach, how do you feel about your past season?
3: Well, it's been a, a very rewarding uh, season for us. Uh, it's one that I would not have been able to uh, lay lay my uh, job on the line saying we we're going to win nine ball games. I couldn't have done it before the year, and uh, it's been. Uh, we were hoping definitely to have a winning season, you know, for the first time in a long time, and uh, it's just been an excellent season as far as. The way things turned out, a concern.
0: Can you say what, how you brought a losing Florida State team around to be a winning one?
3: No, I can't. Uh, we number one, we've got some real fine assistant coaches that I think know what they're doing, and they work very hard at football, spend a lot of time on it. And even more important than that is the attitude of our players, who uh, knew what they wanted to accomplish and had confidence that they could do it, and were willing, were willing to work. Armchair. <laughs>
2: This Saturday afternoon, February 25th, 105 p.m. Eastern, Braves Country Baseball is back. We'll have play-by-play, pitch-by-pitch, inning-by-inning of your Atlanta Braves. That's Braves Red Sox. This Saturday, 105 Eastern, on Braves Country HD, youtube.com forward slash at Braves
1: Country. This
2: is crazy. You want me to
1: hit you?
3: That's right.
0: What, like in the face?
3: (laughs) Surprise me. This is
0: so stupid. It hit me in the ear. Well, Jesus, I'm sorry.
1: Ow! Why the ear, man?
2: Welcome back! Zion Williamson says that he is going to wants to compete in the 2024 Slam Dunk Championship on NBA All-Star Weekend. I can just hear the knee shattering as he goes up to the first dunk. I mean, this guy can't stay healthy, can't stay on the floor, and he's talking about doing, doing trick dunks. Pelicans, you got about less than a year to trade him away because that that knee is just going to explode. All right, we're coming back in off the break. We were talking before we went off. Marlins over under, and though I might have put on the screen over under, uh, the over under number for this for this year for the Marlins is eighty wins. So we're talking about right at five hundred. Steven, we'll, we'll let you take the lead here. You like the Marlins to go over or under 80 wins this year.
4: So it's like, it's such a hard decision. I mean, 80 wins. I feel like that right around the 500 mark is a very appropriate place for this roster. It's if they can put it together, I can see them getting over a few, a few wins over 80, but I'm going with history and leaning the under there. I mean, you, like it's the Marlins' uh, big issues even in last year were like were injuries. They couldn't stay healthy, and it just really hurt them down the stretch. So Doug, uh, I'll be under
2: Doug what say you? Over, under 80 wins?
3: Actually, I'm more optimistic. Um, I, I have them over. I have them, I have them projected at um, right now at at 90 wins. This is my surprise! I, wow, holy cow! I, this is my surprise team. This is
2: my weird kind of—if you well, well, to call it well, like well, an well, early that often—we're uh, we're, we're doing uh, surprise teams in the NL, surprise teams in the AL today. So Doug just, gives us this first it, one, National yeah.
3: My and, and Stephen said it right when he said, "If they can stay healthy, that's the that's the big thing. If they can stay healthy, I could see them making a surprise run." This is a team I think that's overlooked coming into this season so and then again it qualifies if they can stay healthy
2: man i'm telling you right now we need to remember this date february 23rd (laughs) if the marlins get to 90 wins i need to go back and grab that soundbite because 90 wow
3: i'm leaning i'm leaning i was saying this is kind of like a like a stupid underdog pick but this is my surprise team. So and you're
2: talking about blowing past it by 10 wins. I'm, I'm leaning towards the over and I really do think that Marlins could make some noise in the, uh, in the wild card. I, my, my biggest question for this year, and it's, it's going to be kind of an adjustment for all of us who are getting ready for the season, but how big of a difference does it make that you no longer play 19 games in, in your division? right? And is is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Obviously for, for Miami, I think it helps them because they're not going to have to play Philly, Atlanta, and New York as much. I mean, yeah. The only bad thing is I'm sure they'd be like, can we still play the 19 versus the Nats? Can we, you know, can we do that? Because they're brutal. I, I'm looking at the Pocota rankings for the Nats and I don't know how they're getting to 61. They have 61 wins essentially. 60.8. I don't know how they're getting to 61. I really don't like I looked at that Washington roster top to bottom either last night or the night before, and I was like, ugh, it's worse than I thought it was. I mean, they don't even have Luke Voigt this year. He he just signed with uh, Milwaukee. Yeah. I I, I,
4: the only thing I can think of is they just, they know the Mets are going to, like, Mets and Phillies are going to just bung, like, uh, yeah, mess up a couple of games and just give a few to uh, Washington. I guess
2: but the thing is, Washington's going to have to play the entire. I guess maybe it helps Washington that maybe they have a chance to play some of the bottom dwellers of other divisions, but I don't think it's going to make that big of a difference. I, I don't know how they. I think Washington is probably. No, you know what? They are definitely the worst team in baseball. Yes. I, can't, I can't think of another team. You could maybe make a. No, nah, you know what? At least Kansas City's got some promise. Detroit has some guys that could make some noise. Oakland, I trust Oakland's farm system always, right? Yeah, it, you can put me in a in a, in a freeze in a deprivation freeze tank for thirty years. I'm gonna come out and go. I bet you that A's farm system's at least top ten, at least. All right, we'll move on from that. The our surprise picks for. The 2023 season, Doug's already given us his first national league, guy, his national league team. Doug is taking the Miami Marlins, and he's taking it to the tune of Miami with 90 wins. I mean, that is just
4: wow. Steven, where are you going in the NL? I'm going to the complete opposite, opposite coast. Give me the Arizona Diamondbacks.
2: Like they that. are
4: currently projected for 74 wins and i mean they made some moves in the offseason and they actually have some talent they've got Zach Gallen, Kettle Marte, Christian Walker, Corbin Carroll all did great last year they um i mean like they added some depth in Kyle Lewis, Evan Longoria, they've got pitching they traded away uh, Dalton Varshaw, but they got uh, Gabriel Moreno and uh, Lourdes Gurriel back in that deal there's a there's a lot to like out there and i think i mean we've seen like, we saw the hype coming into San Fran last year and how they stumbled. Um, Colorado is obviously a joke. And just, I mean, I could see, like, we talked about those pitching struggles potentially for the Dodgers. There's a lot of room for them to grow, and 74 wins is not that – well, I don't think it'll be that hard of a number to hit.
2: I'm going to stay out west, and I think that 80 number for the San Francisco Giants is pretty low. You're talking about a team that's just two years removed from, what do they have, 106, 107 wins, whatever it was? So Now, last year they fell back to earth, and I don't think they're going to get up there near the century mark. But I think 80 is pretty low. And I think at least 85. I don't know if I'm if I'm crazy enough like Doug to, to take it 10, 10 up and say 90. But I think 85 is very gettable. If you're in the 85 range, you're going to be in the wild card conversation. And I'm just looking at this team. First of all, their bullpen, I think, is going to be top-notch. And I don't think Logan Webb and Sean Minaya get, get the respect they should. And Ross Stripling is a solid addition. And I'm also going off the theory that Alex Wood can't be as bad as he was last year. So I really – and one thing I like about San Francisco, and this is going to shock you, Stephen, mm-hmm. I like the way that they analytically – match up and, and use a platoon system for almost every position. They're, they're not afraid to bench one of their guys. If they don't like the matchup, the pitching matchup and they're deeper than people realize because of what they can, what they can mix a match.
4: True. No, I could definitely, I could definitely see that
2: Conforto Haniger, Yaz, Jock Peterson. Those are all solid bats in, you know, I left out Austin Slater. Yeah. JD Davis, assuming that he makes the team. I just, I think they, I think they got a group of veterans and this team reminds me of the 2021 team where they're going to be able to mix and match, but I'm not calling for 106, 107 wins. That's absurd. No. I feel like everything had to go right yeah, that year for, for them to even get over 90. All right. American league, Doug, I, I guess we'll let you go first. American league. This ought to be interesting. Cause I'm just going to assume who's the worst team in the American league. Uh, I'm going to assume Doug's got, a. Oakland winning the World Series, (laughs) beating Kansas City in the ALCS. Who is your surprise team in the AL? I mean, this may not be as much a surprise, but I've got the Mariners
3: this year potentially topping over the Astros. That's my surprise in the American League. I like division? Yes, I, I could see them winning the division this year. It, I mean, I that's
2: a pretty good surprise. I mean, we're talking about—you <laughs> said surprise, I'll, so I'm giving you a surprise. That's a fifteen. That's a fifteen-win mark. If you if you're going by Pocota. Mm-hmm. they've got Houston ninety-five. Well, I guess Seattle's eighty-two, so still 13, 14 wins. That'd be a heck of a surprise for Seattle. I still, where does where does Pocota get off putting the Angels at number two? That part of my yeah, motivation
3: comes from looking at that. I'm like,
2: where, why would you put the Angels there?
3: Just and like he, I don't think the Mets was that much again with Pacota's ratings. I don't think, how did they put the Mets ahead of you? How did they put them ahead of the Braves?
2: So I don't know, but that one's more believable than the Angels leapfrogging Seattle and even Texas for that matter. Mm-hmm. Assuming DeGrom can band aid his way through the season. Steven, who,
4: who is your uh, shocker, your surprise team? I mean, Pocota kind of, they adjusted a little bit. Because when you first sent me this link, the Baltimore Orioles were, like, were projected for only 68 wins. I mean, I, like I saw that, and I, I literally spit out my drink. I mean, like I had seen the other day, I was going through win totals. Most of the uh, sportsbooks had them at 73, 74 wins. So, I mean, also, I saw 68, and that was just egregious in my book. I mean, they're up to 74 right now but even still like, like I think they have a um there's no way they should be 5th in that uh division behind Boston. Boston is at 80 wins. They're a train wreck waiting to happen. Um but I mean Baltimore's got a lot of pieces that like and they have a lot of potential. They called up um looks like Grayson Rodriguez is going to make the opening day lineup. So you have him and D O Hall uh potentially in that rotation. They went out got Cole, Irvin, Kyle Gibson, um they had a, like, a top-ten defense in the major leagues last year, and so just getting those kind of ground-ball pitchers really plays into that. They've got some pretty decent bats in the lineup with Mullins, Adley Rushman, uh, Santander. Uh, Mountcastle's got a bunch of power. Gunnar Henderson came up last year. He's a potential favorite for like, Rookie of the Year. I mean, there's a lot to like in Baltimore, and that's the first time I can it's remember saying that. It's interesting
2: that, that uh, Holiday's son is actually getting an invitation to the uh, – uh, to- spring training, which doesn't normally happen this quickly. Matt holiday. Yeah. His son, his son's, I, I think a shortstop in the, I think it's Jackson holiday. Something like that. It's like one of those hipster names, but he's, he's supposedly better than his dad. He was a, he was a top pick. It was either last year or the year before, but regardless, he's a young kid and he's getting uh, an, an invite to spring. Training. They don't expect him to make the team. But still, you're saying what what you're saying is that he's on the trajectory that that within within a year or two that he he could be right there. Uh, I'm right there with you. In fact, uh, I wish I could share the screen that I see, not not the one that runs the uh, mothership, um, because I've been sitting on the Baltimore Orioles for the last ten minutes, getting ready to talk. Baltimore Orioles are my ride or die this year for the for the uh, American League. In fact, I'm going to hit their. They're over number. I'm, I keep waiting uh-huh. to see if the over can drop a little bit, but on the Bakota rankings at 74. Now what I'm seeing in Vegas, it's much higher. It's like around 80, 81. So that's a little, yep. that's a little more difficult to hit, but I think it was last week. This came up in conversation with someone and forgive me. Cause we have so many, not just conversations, but folks on the show. I don't remember who we were talking with, but Remember last year at the trading deadline, B- Baltimore was a big time seller and they were just sell, sell, sell. Mm-hmm. They, they traded away guys like Mancini. They traded away their closer. And these were all things that everyone's like, what are you doing? Cause they were right there. And instead they decided to reload. I don't think they're going to do that this year. I think they're going to go for it if they're in the, in the conversation, that seventy-four win total, man, I'm banging that all day long. I don't think there's any way, that shape or form, with that team. And you kind of laid out all the reasons. Uh, this this team should score, and and they and they've got a solid starting. And uh, you know, the addition of Cole Irvin, I think, is going to go under the radar quite a bit. But what mm-hmm. are they doing? They're projected below the Red Sox.
4: Come on, Pocota, Yeah, like, like the book I'm looking at. It's essentially uh, Red Sox, 78 and a half um, Orioles, 77. So like they're, I think the sports books. They're considered even
2: shoot me a text later. Tell me which book you're looking at. Cause I've seen much higher ones. So I'd like to jump on that one um, before, before we have to jump out of here, the, uh, the catcher position, major league baseball, not, that's just from the fantasy standpoint, but, but just across the board, wanted to touch on that today. Uh give me your top five rundown, Doug. Uh
3: from top to bottom, uh you're still gonna have to go with uh, Will Smith, Rio Malto, uh Salvador Perez, Adley Rushman, and Will Wilson Contreras. In that order? Yeah, from top to bottom, from best to worst.
4: What say you, Steven? So I mean, like I'm not as high on Will Smith. I mean, he's really had only one year of offensive production. I don't think he was really even the primary defensive catcher last year. Um, that's the only reason I'm leaving him out of top five. But, I mean, real new number one, that's easy cut and dry. Um, and, like, from there, it just kind of gets a little funky. I mean, like Adley's definitely in my top five. Wilson Contreras. Um, man, I'm drawing a blank on the rest of them. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll
2: give you my top five. But I have a question on whether or not he's going to be – eligible but i think he is dalton varsho is he going to be eligible at the catcher position this year
3: it's believed he will be yeah
2: okay so so it's if college. he is i'm actually putting varshow above jt real muto just cuz i'm i'm assuming age regression he he wasn't at the top of you could start to see that the, his peak is 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 going to start to wear on plus real muto never takes days off and that's great if you're a philly fan But you want your catchers taking day off just because of the knee issues. So I've got Varsho, I've got Real Muto. I'm going to go ahead and take a chance with with Adley Rushman. Um, And then if I was to put two more out there, man, I really like MJ Melendez of the Royals. and And just the fat kid in me wants to see Alejandro Kirk bang as well this year. So that'd be my top five. Steve, what is your walk-off for the day, sir, as we come up on the top
4: of the hour? Well, I got to end it with my official top five catchers, Real Muto, uh, I'll call Varsho in there, Sal Perez, Adley, and Wilson Contreras. Okay. Let me walk off. Spring training's right around the corner. Baseball season is here. I am I'm ready for the next month and a half. Doug, what say you?
3: uh real quick just we were talking about catchers i was just looking at it from a fantasy point of view this is the first time since i've started playing fantasy that i've noticed that the catcher position as from a fantasy point of view it's the deepest i've ever seen it so mm-hmm.
2: it's the first time you see it and you go oh there's more than three guys to draft from <laughs> i mean true. but we're, we're, we're to, the, you know, catch- the catcher position might be deeper than the tight end position no
4: it,
2: it, it just might be That's which is a stranger. All right. We're going to take a quick break. we come back, Joey joins us guys. Great job. We'll see you next week and we'll be back four to five. We're going to be talking some football and some major league baseball. Let's go. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM. The key in Noonan, Georgia armchair.
3: You're listening to the armchair quarterback sports radio. Number one
2: sports station. Good afternoon, and this is your Armchair Quarterback's Sports Flash. Got some big games Thursday night in college basketball. Florida Atlantic hosts UTSA as FAU tries to keep it rolling. 14 and two in the conference St. Mary's 13 and 1 in the conference they host Pacific at 10 o'clock and UCLA is at Utah. Utes are tough at home. The Bruins are vying for a one seat at 11 o'clock on ESPN2, San Diego travels to top 15 Gonzaga. Zags 12 and two in WCC. Other games of interest at 6:30 on FS1. You've got Penn State at Ohio State. Memphis is at Wichita State on the Deuce. Wright State is at Oakland at 7 on the Plus. UAB hosts Rice at 30. Two teams in Conference USA riding that NCAA bubble. At 30 Michigan is at Rutgers on FS1. USC at Colorado. 12 Clash, 9 o'clock ESPN2. While Hawaii hosts UC Riverside, that game is at 11.59 Eastern on the plus. The association is back at it after a long hiatus. They'll get going tonight with the TNT doubleheader. At 7.30, the Grizzlies are at the 76ers, and at 10 o'clock, it's Warriors at Lakers. Other teams in action, 7 Eastern, Celtics at the Pacers, Pistons at the Magic, and the Nuggets are at the Cavaliers. While 7.30, Pels are at the Raptors, Spurs at the Mavericks, and OKC is at the Jazz at 9 o'clock with the Trailblazers heading to the Kings at 10. University of Michigan running back Blake Corum will miss spring practice, which began this week, but is on track to return at full strength in June, according to coach Jim Harbaugh. Coram was a Heisman Trophy candidate before injuring his knee on November 19th against Illinois. He played briefly the following week against Ohio State before electing to undergo surgery. University of Georgia's All-SEC linebacker, Jamon Dumas-Johnson, JMJ was arrested Wednesday on misdemeanor charges of racing on highway streets and reckless driving. Sources confirmed multiple reports that an incident involving JDJ occurred on January 10th, the day after George's 65-7 victory over TCU in the College Football National Championship. In a statement issued Wednesday, the University of Georgia did not mention JDJ specifically, but said, quote, We are aware of a report relating to a January 10th incident, College Station Road Road involving one of our student-athletes. The alleged conduct does not reflect our program's values or the high standards we have established. Dumas Johnson, a finalist for the Buckus Award at the top linebacker in college football last season, was booked at 6.34 p.m. after a warrant was issued for his arrest, then released at 7.15. The day after Tuscaloosa, police testified he brought a now former teammate, the handgun used to kill a woman in January. Alabama star freshman Brandon Miller scored a career-high 41 points including a game-winning layup in the final second of overtime as number two crimson tide outlasted south carolina 78 to 76 in columbia on wednesday night about three and a half hours before tip-off of 9 p.m eastern alabama announced that miller would play calling him an active member of our team and that's your armchair quarterback sports flash Stay tuned for Braves Country right here on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, simulcasting on YouTube.com at Braves Country. This Saturday afternoon, February 25th, 105 p.m. Eastern, Braves Country Baseball is back. We'll have play-by-play, pitch-by-pitch, inning-by-inning of your Atlanta Braves. That's Braves Red Sox. This Saturday, 105 Eastern, on Braves Country HD, youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country.
1: Bo-body, Bo-body. What does the first B stand for? What are we doing? We're making acronyms. Okay. What does the first B stand for?
2: Um, business.
1: I like it. Business. Good, Kevin. All right. The O.
0: We need a new manager. Broken pretzels in the rug. The beer cans could be worse. She'll clean it up tomorrow. And dread September 1st. But once again, ho-ho!
2: Welcome back. Feels like a boy Hour like number two with Joey. Joey, season. how the hell are you, my friend?
5: Oh, I'm doing good. People do not be worried. Thursday night football is back. We got the back. Hellhawks <laughs> Hawks tonight. I'm all amped up for Thursday night football game of the week. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Can I talk you into doing some play-by-play tonight on, the, on the Thursday night? <laughs> Can you imagine having to scramble around to find out who who these players are? Chris Berman, back, 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 gone for the Battle Hawks. <laughs> I, I, I'd be calling every other guy Bill Smith, <laughs> or just or just your old-fashioned. And number thirty-two takes the ball right up the gut for a half-yard gain. He's the leading rusher numbers. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh mercy! Eric introduced <laughs> him as the Commanders' OC today. You know we haven't really talked about this much. What a strange thing to do to leave KC to go take over Washington as the OC. And I know he's also being called the uh, assistant head coach or whatever. To me, this can only mean one thing. He's getting ready to take over Ron Rivera's job because Rivera's about to get the boot. Because you're going to leave Patrick Mahomes and company to take over what exactly?
5: Well, and that's just it. I, I think that, you know, he realizes, no matter if it's his own fault or not, staying in Kansas City is not landing in the gig. So if he could have any success in Washington, or Ron Rivera fails. He has a couple of chances. Maybe he's thinking there. I know he's closely tied to uh Ron Rivera. He's been a friend of his for a while, it seems. And I you know, maybe just finally actually calling all the plays, not having Patrick Mahomes in Washington, they're gonna have who at
2: quarterback. We're not even probably sure. Here's the thing. The truth of the matter is Patrick Mahomes being your quarterback is going to give you much more success. Correct. Than- Taylor Heineke or whoever they end up with. I guess it could be Sam Howell and maybe he sees something in Sam Howell. Man, you're really hitching your wagon to it. One heck of a dim star. If you're saying, well, let me go over here to Washington, take on Sam Howell, Ron Rivera. And oh, by the way, we're going to have the worst roster in the division. The Eagles just went to the Super Bowl. The Cowboys are going to be a lot of people's favorite to get to the Super Bowl if they make some make some adjustments in the offseason. And I don't think Brian Dable is going anywhere with, with New York. That is a tough division to go to. Well, that is all right that you just said. And on top of all that, Washington's a pretty dark franchise overall. They've had a lot of bad moments, as we all know. You know what past- I would have went if I were being enemy. I'd have elbowed my way into Tampa. Because, because Todd Bowles is, is on the chopping block already. He doesn't even realize it. But Todd right. Bowles is about 10 months away from being fired. He, he doesn't even know, but it's going to happen. He got a mulligan this year because it was his first year and he was kind of pushed into, into the job. But the, but the honest engine reality of what that situation is in Tampa the fans are going, to, are going to jump all over him and go, this is the same old Todd Bolson and Jets, whether that's fair or not, and it probably isn't. They're not going to be as good as they were without Tom Brady. They're pro- there's probably going to be some household cleaning involved. Todd Bolson is going to have to fall on the sword. Man, Eric, be enemy, if I were me, I'd be like, let's get to Tampa. Plus, you get to live in Tampa and not Washington, D.C. Yeah, and, and on top of all that, if Kyle Trask ends up the starter, like
5: there's some rumors going around that he, that could actually maybe happen this year, you're in a total rebuild mode, in my opinion, from winning games if he's your starting
2: quarterback. Your downtime, you you get to go watch the Tampa Bay Rays and not the Nats. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the St. Pete Rays. You better spend the extra couple of bucks to get over that bridge and go see the Orioles this year. That's all. That's all I know. I The blackout restrictions in Major League Baseball. So you would be familiar with this because, well, living in the Chicago area, I would think you'd be familiar with this. Do you get blacked out from both the White Sox and the Cubs? Uh, for like, you're, you're just saying if you don't or have you marketing. Know what I'm talking about because this, this would come up. If you had the MLB package, you didn't have the option to watch the Cubs or White Sox on local TV for whatever reason, whether you didn't have the right provider or whatever, and you get blacked out by major league baseball. Does that happen for, if you're in the city of Chicago, do they split it down the middle? Do they say, well, you're north side, you're south side, or do you get blacked out by, for, for both teams?
5: Yeah, if it came down to that, it would be for both teams for sure, not just one. It would just it would kind of take the lust out of all of it. Because- the reason why
2: I say that, if I'm living in the D.C. area, I would thank them for blacking out Washington, but I'd be a little ticked <laughs> off like to black out the world.
5: That's a good.
2: That, hey, you know what they should do? They should make you let you choose. Yeah. <laughs> you <know? laughs> No one would pick Washington. <laughs> I, the only outwardly Washington national fans that I know of in the world are Tony Kornheiser and what was the dude that, that did all the uh oh, Dr. Fauci. Those are the only two that I've ever been ever seen like linked to Washington national fandom. And Kornheiser is what she talks basketball. That dude's a die hard uh nationals fan, like, he still got it. If ESPN and Will Bond allowed him to do it, he would ramble on about National League baseball all day long. But instead, you, you always see their ticker and goes. Next up, let's talk about what LeBron James had for breakfast. <laughs>
5: yeah, Will Bond gets all excited. But I looked up Kornheiser the other day. I'm
2: like, man, for 74 years old, this guy's still doing it and doing it well. So good for him. Oh yeah, man, he, he brings it. I I was funny. I was watching the other day. It's like two days in a row. I was watching and I was like. Man, he he seemed like he was in a really really just down mood. I don't know what it was, but watching that third day and he was bringing the heat. I do miss the fact that they're not in the in the studio anymore. Correct. That started uh because of COVID, they just have never gone back to it. But uh which is ironic as we're sitting here <laughs> miles away talking. <laughs> but there was something more appealing when the two of them were in the in the ESPN studio, and you could always tell when Kornheiser was getting under Will skin and just kind of giving him the old jab. I always liked that better. And I, and I love
5: how they had the big heads in the background. They'd have like the most famous athletes at the time or who they're talking about. They they did things pretty well, so I agree with you. The old it's still good, but the being in studio is better.
2: So I just saw a flash over here that said. Anthony Richardson is being projected as the number four overall pick. <laughs> to oh. your boys by Todd McShay, which I hope it happens because he's terrible. But <laughs> it made me think of rankings and whatnot. And there was a, there was a, you know how you get down that Twitter hole, that yeah. rabbit hole. Oh yeah, and and you follow down the path. The next thing you know, you're on these weird pages where there's this random college basketball page that was bragging about. <clears throat> I guess there's some version of bracketology is what they are and their brag on their heading was last year they had all of the, all of the seeds correct within one. <laughs> I was like, man, ah. I could do that. I could guess that. I can guess that with just by going to Joe Leonardi's page on ESPN, <laughs> he's usually right around there. But that was their big brag because I was like, I was like, "What is this page? Is it something I should Oof. follow?" And it says predicted all 2022 seeds, and then drop down below the next line goes, or was within one <laughs> in, in, in small tiny print where you can't even read it. <laughs> <laughs> That's like me saying, I've picked every single pick this year on the spread correctly, or I did not. I was within 10 points of all of the spreads. Yeah. <laughs> and that has been consistent my entire career. I have been correct every time, or I have not been correct every time.
5: That is fabulous.
2: That is, or as you and your brother like to say, correct. 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 <laughs> All right. College football rules. Yes, sir. We haven't got a chance to talk about this yet. I want to get your take on it. We're trying to drum this up with with uh, Justin yesterday, and he his. Well, by the way, folks, for folks who were listening yesterday, want to know what happened with Justin? His phone melted in the sun. Whoa! And I guess I guess he went to go get a new phone or whatever. But his it it's it's happened to me before. If you have an older phone and you get out in the sun, it'll it'll see just too much heat, right, and it'll shut down. So that's what happened. So we were trying to get to this yesterday. We get in the middle of it, we got cut off. So I figured we would continue the conversation today. Let's do it. What is your take on all these rule changes? I I, I guess the big one is the clock will not stop after first downs, and maybe they will do it. Within two minutes, but that hasn't been hammered out yet. What say you?
5: You know, I'm just overall a believer in that, you know, I would like them to get as similar when it comes to the clock as to the NFL as possible, and here's a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, I think they do do it a little faster. And number two, that way you're prepared for the NFL. It's always been my complaint with the one- and two-foot rule, but we're not here for that. But I just think that when it comes down to the clock, you should – All those rules made sense in terms of, okay, if you're going to get a first down, let's have that clock keep running. Why have it stopped to me? I know it creates probably more fun. You could get a play set up. You could have a little bit more probably, uh, you know, magic at the end of the game as you get set up. But these games sometimes at the end take so long, and especially after a first down. To me, you shouldn't be rewarded a clock stoppage. I would personally just like to see it handled under two minutes. Maybe you can get into that a little bit.
2: for the But for the most part, let's keep it as similar to the NFL as possible in my eyes. I'm 1,000% on board with the first thing you said. Can we get rid of the one-foot-down rule? That, hey. is, that is garbage. That's, look, when they first started it years and years and years ago in college football, the reason why was because... College football passing game was terrible. They were just trying to help it out, right? And they were just trying to make it easier. Now these college football players are just as skilled as the NFL players. They go to these camps, they watch the video, et cetera, et cetera. Get two feet down. The two feet aren't down. Yeah. And I don't want, I don't want, I don't want you to be able to, to lean on the will, he pushed me out of bounds rule really. either. Don't bring that back. Two feet down. If they're not down, you're out. If the guy pushes you out, well, then you ran your route too close to the sideline.
5: Exactly. No gray area on that either. The force out rule, that was too much opinion in that. So between the one foot and the force out, just have two clean feet and let's attack the
2: call. I mean, when they had that force out rule in college football, you'd see a guy get hit. Not even he wouldn't even hit hit the ground because of the one foot rule, he wouldn't even hit the ground within like 10 yards of, <laughs> of, of being inbounds. And they, well, that's a touchdown. Like what? Like what? Come on. The time man! He landed on the ground. He was sitting on the bench drinking Gatorade. What are we talking about here? Yeah. I I'm, a, I, and as far as the, the clock rules, I'm with you, man. I just, I let's get rid of stopping that clock because it is not so much to prepare for the NFL. It's the point of, passing game has been become has become very skilled in college football because the defenses are so vanilla it's very easy to throw the ball right you that's don't need point. to make it even more easy easier excuse me you don't have to make it easier by by stopping the clock every time someone sneezes
5: no that's a better point than mine i mean you we just simply run see less running of the ball so i have that
2: I don't want to see four position four possessions in the last two minutes of the game. I don't need that, man. I really don't. No. And the game kicks off at noon. Can we have it over with by three forty five when the CBS game of the week kicks off? Can we do that?
5: Yeah, it drives me crazy when you have the college hoops real quick, and the game takes the last thirty seconds takes a half hour, and you miss the start of the next game because they put it on ESPNU,
2: which not all people have. (laughs) And in the middle of it all, they're showing Aaron Judge's home run run. (laughs) the
5: cherry on top
2: my children's just melting down from all the college football fans and then and then the other thing is we've had college football games lasting four and a half hours for decades
4: but everyone gets bent out
2: of shape we got to put a pitch clock in in major league baseball what are we doing what are we doing four and a half hours is okay but god forbid you 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 have to have to spend two and a half two, uh, three hours at a baseball game. What are you in such a big hurry for? If three not- hours too long, don't go. And start the games earlier. You never would have had to have these pitch clocks to begin with. Part of the baseball funds relax it in the sun over a cold one.
5: Anyways, there's it's no like,
2: reason off. for Atlanta to wait till seven 20. There's no reason. Those games should be starting at seven o'clock. I even would like a six 30. Yeah, I would love a 6 30, but I can live with the 7 o'clock. Fair. And if you're telling me, well, it's because you're going to have the pregame, now put the pregame on at 6. Heck, start the pregame on at noon. Right after, yeah. <laughs> right after the 12 o'clock afternoon news hits, go ahead and start the pregame.
5: The soap operas are over for the ladies.
2: Time. 98% commercials. It's all coming up next. We'll talk about what we're not going to talk about, but we'll make you think we're going to talk about it. With that being said, we got to take a quick break. <laughs> We have too much fun. Braves Country. We'll be back in a flash. 420, smoke them if you got them. Braves Country, weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern, 99.1 FM, the key, your first choice for Southern Sports Talk.
0: Are you looking for a reliable dental practice that not only cares about your teeth, but is friendly to work with? How about one that offers great deals and new patient promotions? Well, your search is over. Most Valuable Smiles in downtown Eatonton, Georgia is committed to giving you the biggest and brightest smile right now get a 99 dollar new patient special including x-rays and exam maybe you're looking for veneers most valuable smiles veneer special includes one free veneer with every five purchased or get that bright white smile you've always wanted by taking advantage of an exclusive 100 off zoom whitening treatment when you book today and don't forget that 2022 is almost over That means most insurance policies will reset by the new year, and to avoid losing that extra money, you need to use it or lose it. Book an appointment today with Most Valuable Smiles in downtown Eatonton to lock in these exclusive deals. Call 706-623-0318 or visit mostvaluablesmiles.com.
2: Hey, Braves fans, I'm Mac McGee with Braves Country. We'll be right here on the key all year long giving you Braves Country Baseball pitch by pitch, inning by inning of your Atlanta Braves. Make sure to catch Braves Country right here on the key. We go live three to five. We'll keep you up to date on the upcoming schedule for Braves Country. That's Braves Country HD and Braves Country Baseball right here on the key. Why don't you go to church? Let me tell you something. I practice being a good
1: person every day, okay? I'm a decent fellow. I do good things. I, I, I always leave a big tip. If a, if a squirrel runs in front of the car, do I not swerve? I, I'm considerate of people's feelings. Remember the plumber who came over with the big eye? I treated him like a completely normal person. Okay, so, so, so why do I have to go to church every Sunday to prove my goodness? I'm living.
2: Welcome back here on Braves Country, Braves Country HD. So I don't know what the heck I did. I, I hit a button and now we go. <laughs> <laughs> I hit a button and it said enable diction. I'm like, I, th- I thought I've been talking the whole time. What are, we, what are we talking about here? All right. So after that bumpy intro, uh, let's go ahead. And before I forget this, I do want to talk about, okay. So I was watching this, this documentary the other night and it was on Carrie Wood. And it was on his 20 game strikeout performance against the Houston Astros. I believe that took place late 90s, I want to say. It was his rookie season. And he did it against the Houston Astros, the Killer Bees, incredible offense. Shane Reynolds was the counterpart on the other side. Cubs ended up winning the game one. I think it was a random game in May, but he had 20 strikeouts, no walks tied the modern day record for strikeouts in a game, along with Roger Clemens, 20 strikeouts. It's a phenomenal. I don't even remember where I saw it. I, it might've been YouTube, but it might I think it was MLB TV. Anyways, not important to the story, but people talked about pointing to that performance. And because after that, he ended up having arm injuries after arm injury, after arm injury throughout his career and whether or not that had anything to do with it. It's not really the point of the story. It got me thinking, like, who was the guy that to you and to me and whatnot and anyone listening on the stream, we'd love to see, you know, hear, hear your thoughts too. just uh, type him in. But who's the guy that you always think to yourself, man, if this guy could have just stayed healthy, if he just could have stayed healthy, what a career this guy would have had. And yeah, I'm,
5: mine. Go ahead. ahead. No, mine's a no brainer for me. I remember in 2019 summer, I was at a wedding, enjoying myself. My buddy's getting married and all of a sudden my phone pocket is just lighting up. I'm like, geez, what'd I do? Uh, Commit armed robbery and the cops? No, just, I was like, why is it blowing up like this? And I take my phone out and Adam Schefter breaking breaking news that um, Andrew Luck retired. And I thought it was kind of a joke. Uh, so I had to do more digging. and I thought it could have been a parody account, but it ended up not being one. And I say that for a few reasons. In 2018, the Colts started one in five and ended up making the playoffs on a winning in against Tennessee in week 17. And then they went to Houston in the first round of the playoffs and won with Andrew Luck. So we thought we had the quarterback for the next 10 years. We were going to be on top of the AFC South for the next decade. Everything was going to be great. And then you get to the summer, and he retires right before the season starts, and then we get Jacoby Brissett and all the quarterbacks that came after, whether it was Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz. But it was a huge loss because he was in his prime. He was a young guy, and I truly think if Andrew Luck is the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts still, there would have been a lot more. Uh, playoff noise from this team that you don't see from it currently. And you might have seen Frank Reich even still be here because that's how much of a changing impact he was. He had to take over for Peyton Manning in 2012 after a decade of greatness and a couple Super Bowl appearances. And he lived up to the challenge, making an AFC championship and a playoff in his first three seasons. It was killing to me. And that is my player, what could have been Mr. Andrew Lover.
2: And I mean, what really gets me about him is he. Uh, it's not like he couldn't have played; he just decided he didn't want to play anymore. Right. So, I liked your first answer a lot better, honestly, via text, because you you were talking about Derrick Rose. I I almost did Derrick Rose too. Because Derrick Rose, to me, is the guy because he had such incredible talent, and he quit. I mean, he quit, quit. Uh, not Rose, uh, Luck. Yeah, neck beard. Um, I've got a list here, and I, let me see if I can get all the way through this. While you're doing that, the one quick point I do want to say, yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: Derek Rose, is this: um, I, I was watching that game. I could always. You, it's weird how you can imagine where you were when these things happened. When he got his first ACL injury in a playoff game against the Nets. We were at a college party, and we had it on mute, and we didn't know how serious it was. And once we found out, man, the whole room went silent. I'm talking at least 100 people. Derrick Rose was the face of Chicago. He, he was called Michael Jordan Jr., for God's sakes. He won an MVP. He was the rookie of the year. I mean, like you said, I could have easily chosen him.
2: So I can actually share this. So let me go ahead and see, see the best way to share it. I think it's actually got their picks, if I do it the right way here. Um, so there's a couple of guys that came to my mind and the short of it is I had a tough time because I've been watching these games for so long to kind of narrow it down. The first one that that jumps out at me and it's just because my agent who, who well my fandom is and me and a buddy of mine talk about this all the time, but Len bias when he was killed or died, overdosed, right after the draft. And what that did was that cut short the career of Larry Bird because Larry Bird ended up playing more minutes every night the next several years, and his back was never the same. So Larry Bird is involved in that Len Bias one, so it's always the one that I want to go to first. As I share the screen here, I think everyone can see that. Now, here's the number one. That everyone's guys, Bo Jackson, right? And Bo Jackson, I think, jumps on everybody's mind. I you think see, I saw he, a documentary
5: on Len Bias. It was a really
2: good one. Uh, oh, I don't know, if- man. He he was he, he was okay. So I know he's a little before your time, but Len Bias was coming to the Celtics as a top draft pick. Celtics just randomly had the top pick in the draft. They were they just won the NBA title. I forget, forget how that came about. But the point is they were about to add him to the front court that already had Mikhail Parrish, and bird and bill Walton. He, his, his feet were just absolutely just trashed and he couldn't continue to play. So he actually had kind of a short career himself, but bill Walton slash Len bias, not being able to make it to the, make it to and play long-term with the Celtics Bias never played a, a dribble with the Celtics because of the death that affected the career of Larry bird. So that's always the one that I go to first, but, but I thought this would be fun to kind of throw some of these up here. What about Gail Sayers? Now, even though we're, we're not old enough to remember him I know you growing up in Chicago I with so them, and I I grew up watching NFL films, and Gale Sayers, the Kansas Comet, as they called him, uh, he was phenomenal. And he, had the, he had the bad injury, and this is before the modern-day medicine could fix him, so you always wonder what would have happened there. The dude had a six-touchdown game. He was phenomenal. There you go. Bill Walton just just, just popped up as we scroll through. Cheryl Miller's another one, but I don't know enough about what cut her, what cut her season or career short. And it was women's basketball. There wasn't like it was the WNBA that existed back then, so I really don't understand why that was on there. Um, some of these are kind of funny because I'm starting to wonder when was this made. This is Ken Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey Jr. is in the Hall of Fame and hit, what, 600 home runs. What are we talking about? It's Aaron Rodgers' darkness retreat. He was like 50. <laughs> what are we talking about? All right. Let me see. So, so Let me get some of the better names here. Uh Bernard King's a popular Monica Sellis. I've talked about this in the past. She's the one that got stabbed in the open and was never the same afterwards. She at that point, Monica sells was the best in the world. This is one of the ones that came to my mind, Sterling Sharp,
4: Ooh. Shannon Sharp's
2: brother. He was one of the best in the game and had a neck injury and decided not to not to, to further his career. And shut it down. And it was a shame because Shannon Sharp, excuse me, Sterling Sharp was phenomenal. He was all pro. What he could have accomplished with Brett Favre in the 90s would have just been stupid. He was phenomenal on ESPN. I don't know whatever happened there. I was going to say I liked his uh commentary. He was phenomenal. Much better than his brother. And I know oh, his yeah. brother's popular, but, but but Sterling was phenomenal. I don't know what made him get out of that game. It's probably something behind the scenes. I'm not aware of Clay Thompson's an interesting one. Cause even though he's had a great career, what could have been if the had had all the injuries, right? Correct. This one, Sandy Koufax. Anyone that saw you saw him pitch will tell you if you didn't see Sandy Koufax pitch, you never saw the real thing. People swear. This is the greatest pitcher that's ever walked the earth. But it's such a small career. What, what did he pitch? It, well, it was 12 seasons. But he's got a seven-year span that people talk about being the greatest in the game. And he was done by the age of 30. Which is really remarkable to say he he played 12 years? 30? I don't think I realized he was 18 when he came in. Fresh out of the womb. (laughs) Who else do they have here? Uh, Scroll through that. Brandon Roy. I don't think of Brandon Roy when I think of NBA, but I think of, oh, my God, what is his name? The one that was drafted before Michael Jordan in the draft. Oh. oh, oh. Big man from Kentucky. Anyways, he, he could never stay healthy. Greg Oden could never stay healthy. Greg Oden would, would have been a beast in the NBA. What do we got here? Bobby Orr. Didn't, what? Bobby Orr played 12 seasons. When, what are they talking about? Various knee injuries. Well, then again, I guess twelve seasons is a short career for the NHL. They they normally play quite a while. Here's your boy Andrew Luck. There he is. They say Uh, injury, torn labrum.
5: Now he quit. Yeah, it's funny because my dad's fully on board. I used to go back and forth, but my dad told me since day one that is a quitter right there.
2: Don Mattingly. Don Mattingly played for fourteen seasons. I can't consider his. Yeah, I mean that's a pretty long time. Who is this greg cook this isn't the dude that no no it's not okay <laughs> i was thinking of the guy that uh you know died right you, there on the field. you
5: know it would be an interesting one that i'm thinking oh bob sanders i'm surprised mike vick because you know he got he had to go out for a little while and come back i wonder if he never because he know, was jail
2: for the dog fighting
5: ring what are you no 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 I'm saying if he would have never done those stupid things, I wonder what could have been for him. That's it's what could have been.
2: Okay. He screwed oh.
5: himself.
2: He oh, screwed dude. himself up. Okay. But that's not injury. No, it's not injury. That's like saying, you know, who would have been a good actor? OJ Simpson. But you know, other than that one thing that he did that one time, MJ
5: might've won nine championships in a row. If he didn't have a gambling problem, or he may
2: not have never won the, the second three. Cause uh, his, uh, his, 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 his body did did get to rest. That is fair. I'll give you that point. I'll tell you what. I, Although he did play a little baseball. Was a slam dunk that the Bulls would have beaten the Rockets in those two seasons that they won the title. I don't think it's as easy as they think it was. Akeem Olajuwon is one of the greats of all times, and he was in his prime those two years. This one, I, I'm, it's a little before my time, but do you hear any old-time Red Sox fan talk about Tony Caligliara he, he had that ball that got smoked right in his retina and he was never the same oh. and at the time when, when did this happen 18, uh, 1967 um so that's before Twitter so I'm not sure if it actually happened but uh this th- this kid was from Boston and he he was a he had debuted in, in, in was like 1965 when he was like uh, sixty four, sixty five. When, when when he was nineteen years old, um, he had thirty two home runs, and and I mean thirty two home runs back then was something. And he 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 got hit in the in the face of the red. There's a famous picture. Uh, it was the cover of Sports Illustrated. I think it was, I think it was Sports Illustrated where, where his face is all busted up. It's one of the most famous covers in the history of of magazine but he was never the same and his injury <clears throat> that happened right in the middle of the Red Sox being really, really darn good. And they could have won a world series there somewhere. And you, I would have never grown up. You would have never grown up hearing about this curse of the Bambino because it would have been a race in the sixties. Interesting point. Brad Doherty. That's an interesting He He did play eight years, but he he was dominant in college and was pretty darn good when he first came in with the Cavs. He was there the time uh during that time period when uh Jordan hit hit the game, the famous game winning shot against Cleveland. The one they show all the time. Over yes, Elo. Yes, over over Craig Elo, yes. Uh all right. What is this? No more? Come on, the dude played 14 seasons. Get it's like, jeez. Get out of here. The next thing in the know, they're going to be George Foreman's injury when he was 62 years old. <laughs> boxing career. What? Uh, let's see. Who else is in here? Who's Paige?
5: Oh, Rat- wrestler, yeah. I mean, she had a huge neck injury, uh, similar to Edge, who, a lot of people non wrestling who she had to go out for years. So that's actually a decent one. I'm, I'm glad they put wrestling in
1: here.
2: So, so her with the spinal disc uh, her, herni, herniation, as they say, Yes. Was that in the script? No, it was not in the script. And they, yeah, okay,
5: oh <laughs> yeah, okay. I was, you got me there. I was, you got me. <laughs> I can see
2: the wheels turning your head. And you're about to explain. I was like, oh, yeah. Ralph Sampson. This, this one. Now, look, I know you made it nine seasons, but Ralph Sampson. It was unbelievable when Ralph Sampson and Akeem Olajuwon, the Twin Towers, as they called him in Houston, they made it to the finals against the Celtics in 86. If he could have stayed healthy, that would have been an unbelievable one-two punch for at least 10. And once again, it took Houston a while to rebuild. Because when Olajuwon and company won, won the titles, what was that, 94, 95? They had to go through a rebuild because they'd lost Ralph Sampson. Who else do they have here? Johan Santana. That's a fair one. That's I like it. A fair one. And they always point to that to that no-hitter that they left him in for like a 187 pitches or whatever the heck the number was. I don't know if it's here in the article. I don't see it. Um, but he was never the same after that no-no. And, of course, Ryan Shazier, that's a, just a terrible one um, for the. And then you got Derrick Rose 3 I'm a little surprised Derrick Rose ranked all the way down there.
5: I was going to say, I mean, this is a guy, like I said, he won MVP, rookie of the year, literally on top of the basketball world for a little bit.
2: You know, you know what's even more blasphemous? Look at it. They got Derrick Rose and what jersey do they have? And
5: a Knicks jersey. Oh, my goodness. Come on, man. I hate the Knicks. You want? I, I, I don't really know who is. this clown
2: is that put it together. I almost mentioned it earlier, but they had Nomar in a Dodgers jersey. Nomar, you can't what put Nomar have? in a Dodgers jersey when you're writing an article. You got to, you got to find, well, find him in the Red Sox.
5: Might as well have put Nomar Garcia parr in the Cubs jersey when he went there for a half season. <laughs> it's
2: like it's like writing a. a, a it's like writing a autobiography or or excuse me a biography of Joe Namath and you decide on the cover you're going to you're, you're going to put him in the Rams jersey. Sheesh. What? Come on. Come on man. Be better a bit i better not see one with freddie freeman wearing that dodger blue all right we're going to be back we come back we're going to wrap this up some college basketball talk and the now surprises we'll be back in a flash here on braves country and braves country wherever you stream get it together everyone
0: It's time to live, laugh, and create memories again with MSC Cruises. Join us on some of the world's most modern and innovative ships. Discover again at our new private island, Ocean Key MSC Marine Reserve, named Best New Cruise Destination. Cruise the Caribbean and Bahamas from Miami or Port Canaveral. Book now with free balcony upgrades and flexible booking changes. Call your travel advisor or visit MSCCruises.com. Restrictions apply. MSC
2: Cruises, a world of discovery. Braves Country HD is coming your way live three to five weekdays right here on the key. We're talking Major League Baseball, all the college spring sports and the majors all spring and summer long. Keep up with your Atlanta Braves weekdays live three to five on Braves Country HD. Make sure to catch our play-by-play Braves Country baseball all summer long. Community Access Channel. He's the on-chair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. The
1: all-American
2: man. Who is Yeah, the on-chair All right. quarterback. He's kind of fun he's kind Go ahead and get, the get some of this stuff man. out of the way so we can uh, get into the topics at hand. And we've been talking about teams that could end up surprising. I'm going to give you a, a rundown of who was taking it, who was uh, talked about in the first hour, in case you missed it. Uh, Doug has Doug, Doug has the Marlins winning 90 games. Whoa. Uh, let's make sure Doug is uh, doing okay, man. Make sure he's not <laughs> day drinking. Uh, <laughs> You're not with Jack. <laughs> I, I took San Fran over the 80.4, and Trosh took Arizona over 74. And then in the American League, I took the Orioles along with Troche. They are being projected for 74. And Doug took the Mariners. And as you can see here on the screen, the Mariners, I'd have to expand this a little bit so you can see everything. Um, the Mariners are being projected at 81.8, so over 82, which I, I don't think that's a crazy one. Give me your American League team that you're saying that this is this is the the shocker this year because i'm already given you baltimore what i'm going to do next i'm going to give you one that they're being projected way too high and everyone's going to be shocked when they stink
5: well that's what i actually have in the american league central if i could go that route okay i'm pretty i'm pretty passionate that the minnesota twins are projected for 87.7 wins and i think they're going to finish under 500 this season I really think I'm I'm not a car I, I'm not a Carlos Correa fan with the twins I I really don't like their starting rotation a whole lot I think the Minnesota twins are gonna go under 500 and finish in third or fourth place in the division
2: that makes me feel so much better that I' I've, I've actually got Minnesota winning the division right now <laughs> <laughs> your track record with gambling hey I hit my lock my last lock you, I hit. You did finally get your lock I, I will give you that. Um, by the way, the jockeys already already uh, busted his lock for the day. The game started at, at noon. He started. was giving up four points. They lost by 11. God, um, Oh, you'd hate to see it. The team that I'm looking and I'm going off the Pocota rankings. Look, I know that nobody actually believes this. I don't even think the fans of this team believe it. But the Angels, 86 and a half. There'll be at least 10 games under that. Always do. 86 and a half. Get out of here. Get out of here with that. There's no way. All right. Who is your American League? I mean, excuse me, National League. You know, this won't be a, I, this isn't a
5: huge surprise, but I'm going way up off the number here. I'm looking at the St. Louis Cardinals who are at, uh, what is it exactly? Right 86.1. 86.1. I'm thinking they can win 95, 96 games this season. Whoa. I'm, I'm, yep. I am high on the St. Louis Cardinals this year. I think they really are going to
2: put it Cubs together. fan is picking the Cardinals. I hate the Cardinals. I don't know get you me wrong. I <laughs> Man, that's a lot of wins. Well, and guess
5: where I'm taking those wins from? I'm, I'm saying that the Mets get 85 wins. Well, I'm going, I think,
2: well, I, Okay, but as far as the Cardinals go, you got to be saying that you believe Jack Flaherty is going to be back in a big way. Yep, 100%. 100%. I I really feel like that that is going to have a big, big factor in whether or not St. Louis – can I just win the division? But, again, we're close to 90 wins, much less 95. All right, so in the first hour, I took – it. San Francisco, because they're sitting there at 80.4. And I do believe a San Fran can get every bit of 85 wins. If I'm going to take one that's going to be a bust, one that is just way too high, the New York Mets 96 wins. Get out of here. 85. You have two pitchers, one, by the way, who failed down the stretch. He's only a year older the year before. He had dead arm in the playoffs. Mets going to win 96 games? No way. They don't even get to 90. I don't even love their
5: lineup if I'm being honest with no, you. It hasn't
2: changed. No, it's like a I don't line up. They didn't do anything last year. That's why they were so excited about Correa. And I really wanted them to sign Correa because I don't think he's as great as everyone believes he is. I don't think he's worth the money and would have crippled 100%. them to do much else down the road. Instead, they're going to be in the Shohei Otani sweepstakes. I still think he ends up as a, as a Dodger. And it's not even funny. Everyone keeps us. I, I want to
5: say it's Suzuki. I'm praying maybe the Cubs. <laughs>
2: I watched it. <laughs> Come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. <laughs> Get on the phone. Start working your magic. Yeah. But the uh, Boomer and Geo show that comes out of New York, they they were batting this around either, as either this morning or the day before, and they were talking about how they were convinced that he was coming to New York. There's just, I don't see him leaving the West Coast. And I would be in shock. It just seems like he's going to be wearing Dodger blue. And I know they've got a lot of money already out there, but you notice the Dodgers didn't do anything this offseason. Nothing. Why is that? Cause they know that if they can corral Otani into Dodger blue long-term, it's not even about helping their team at that point. It's about, the jerseys you'll sell, the tickets you'll sell. Anyways, Mets are my bust. There's no way, even if they win the division, they're not getting the 96 wins. I don't think they're going to win the division. I can't wait to follow
5: your division all year. I'm usually excited, but now with the jockey thing and everything, I am so amped up
2: for that. He's got some, Man. he's got like Twitter Tourette's. I'm he surprised was, he hasn't been booted. <laughs> he was he was talking smack right before I came on, on the show. So someone was on Twitter yesterday asking who's your all time favorite uh, baseball player. I believe as well, it was termed and I just put a gif up of uh, Chipper Jones and he just randomly reacts to it and starts talking about Verlander and what the Mets are going to do this year. And I'm like, the heck does that got to do with 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 the, with who your favorite baseball player is? My goodness,
5: give it up.
2: <laughs> Verlander's another one that stumbled down the stretch. I know he won the AL Cy Young, but remember they had to rest him down the stretch. And he, they were good enough to win the World Series last year, but he was not dominant in the playoffs. Those dudes are gonna be forty-two before they get off the books. All right, let's go good ahead luck. and get college basketball. As uh pretty good slate tonight, by the way.
5: Oh yeah, especially in my home state, Northwestern versus Illinois. I'm I'm excited for that one.
2: Yeah, that should be a heck of a game. Um is that the one that you're gonna jinx tonight and take that game?
5: <laughs> I might be going to the NBA, I'm sorry. University.
2: Do not learn about betting on the NBA. You've had a hiatus of about a week to learn your lesson about not betting on the NBA. I oh, know. I'm gonna have to like get a disclaimer that says the thoughts and views of Joey's gambling do not represent those <laughs> of Brave Country and Armchair Quarterbacks Radio. <laughs>
5: Hey, I had a, I was a, I had a good year before this bad stretch. I'm gonna, I promise I'm gonna come back. I promise. He's losing season last year. Last year I was good in Locks during
2: the NFL season. I was over five hundred last year. I mean, locks. maybe at the beginning you were, but but the locks at the end. I don't have in front of me right now, but I know that you finished with the losing record. Well, I'm
5: gonna go to these money lines from now on. Now that I can, I'm 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 gonna be start looking at the money lines a little better.
2: You know, yeah you, you hey yeah, if it's a money line. One forty-five or below, you can grab it. That's what I'm kind of thinking. It's not ideal for most folks, but um, we give folks a little bit of leeway there. But before we get into our locks, there are some big games tonight. Let's go ahead and get to the top 25. And the... What is going on oh, here? Here we go. Finally. So Northwestern Illinois, that game is an early tip off. Oh, actually, no, it's not nine o'clock. It's early for the top 25. It's the earliest one. Wow. That to me is the game of the night, but UCLA, Utah is interesting as well. Cause Utah is a much better team at home and UCLA is trying to fight to get that one seed. They're giving up seven. I don't like that. If, if, if I didn't have to be up so early tomorrow morning, I would love to watch that game. But, man, 11 o'clock Eastern. Man, <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's a 1.30 in the morning on a Thursday randomly in February to watch a basketball game. But we're – okay, we'll go ahead and open it back up. Where are you going to go for your lock today? Oh, boy, you know, let me, I'm
5: refreshing this. I know Michigan state. Hey, Michigan state to be magic. I'm on a one game winner right now. Um, I'm going to go, maybe. Yeah. Hey, you can't get to two in a row unless you get to one. Um, But in all honesty, I'm going to stay in the big 10, but not stay in the state of Illinois. The top game on your schedule right there. I like Penn state plus two and a half tonight. I know Ohio state's on their home floor. But Ohio State starts about three freshmen, and they've been pretty lackluster this entire season. I don't like what, you know, Penn State at least is on the bubble. They can make a move here. Tonight's a must win if Penn State wants to do anything because they're just slightly over 500. So give me Penn State plus two and a half. I am
2: actually. Ohio State, they're 3-13 and in the Big Ten, and they're 11-16 overall. It hasn't been that long ago that Ohio State was a pretty darn good basketball program. What in the world has happened here? Because, you, you know, you're saying they got three freshmen starting. What has happened to Ohio State basketball? It kind of just fell off the
5: face of the earth because a couple of years back, like you said, they were they battled in the tournament. I'm pretty sure they made a decent
2: run. All right. I'm going to give you. I'm actually going to give you a a pretty good one tonight and see what time is this game. It's got to be a later start because they are at home. So let me go ahead and go to the Pac-12. And it's not the UCLA game that I was referring to earlier. The Stanford Cardinals, they are minus 135 on the money line. They're at home against Washington State. Give me the Stanford Cardinal who they have played some games, and it's, let's see if I can orchestrate my way to it here. Stanford, in their last several games, if you if you look at their actual matchups, so they lost to USC, but it was on the road and it was competitive. They lost a competitive game against UCLA. I watched that game. They beat number four Arizona the last time they were at home. Uh-huh. They lost a tough one to, to Arizona State. They got some foul trouble early in that game. It really affected them. And then the last time they were on, at, at home before that went against California, went against Chicago State, went against Oregon, went against Oregon State. They are a good home team. Give me the stand for Cardinal. What is your walk-off for the day, sir? Enjoy Thursday night
5: football game of the week. The Battle Hawks and A.J. McCarron go up against Ben DiNucci and the Dragons. It's going to be a thriller.
2: I'm, sur- I'm I'm surprised you didn't take that that to your lock. <laughs> Tones will. <laughs> what is the over-under
5: on that game? Do you have any idea? No, because XFL and ESPN, they don't even give you any breakdowns. They just pretty much... Pierce- <laughs> Like, they don't even give you rosters. They say, if you want to buy a ticket, here's vivid seats. It's like, my goodness. <laughs> so I do not.
2: <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. All right. Um, my walk-off is pretty good night for college basketball. If, if you really want to get into the weeds for, for some of the games that are out there, Tarleton at home, they're getting points. Pay attention to that one, too. We'll be back tomorrow same bat time, same bat channel three to five. We'll have tones here. Bobby will be back. We'll be able to ask him about that terrible hire with the Arizona Cardinals. We'll see. (laughs)
0: Do, 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 do.
2: Goodbye, uh, sweetheart. Uh, well, it's time, time
0: to go. go. Do, 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 do. We're I back tomorrow with another show. show. Well, unless we're fired, we'll talk to you then.
2: Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same that time. Same that channel. Mm. Thanks for listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks on 99.1 FM WQEE, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, and simulcasting on youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country. (laughs) Braves Country comes your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Please follow, like, and subscribe today. Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice. For Southern Sports.
0: Something of the 5th of September, something of the 5th of September. She said a lot that I can't remember. Something of the fifth. Can I get another cigarette, please? Can I get another cigarette, please? Yeah, I know I live through regret it. Just give me another cigarette.
2: You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia. This Saturday afternoon, February 25th, 105 p.m. Eastern, Braves Country Baseball is back. We'll have play-by-play, pitch-by-pitch, inning-by-inning of your Atlanta Braves. That's Braves Red Sox. This Saturday, 105 Eastern on Braves Country HD, youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country.